0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your guide on the side, your life coach. Today, we're going to be your parenting coach. We're going to be giving you some tools today to help you with those cute little kids. You know, the ones, the ones that just act so spoiled, throw their little tantrums, their little fits. You know, the ones that are like, give me cheese. Where's my food? Like Skyboy just threw me some cheese. Uh... <laughs> welcome to the program everybody sky your cheese it's a mozzarella stick but it's about 80 degrees <laughs> yeah. it's almost liquid cheese <laughs> that's actually not my cheese
1: whose cheese is i don't that? know that was
0: just sitting there no, but i
1: i do not like Ooh. string cheese when it's warm and moist i think that's well, the most disgusting yeah
0: thing. hey let's just make that a rule in general don't eat moist warm cheese i concur wholeheartedly okay that's gross. It is gross. Why are you playing with it? I didn't play with it. I just <laughs> tossed it to you because you said. Give well, me no, cheese. you were over there like, play ball. You were like, pretend like
1: it was a bat. All right. I just, I really want to play. I'm excited for the playoffs. The playoffs started?
2: Uh, oh, they did? Yeah, they started. Which sports season are we in right now? Oh,
0: I've got well, to it's pay the, attention. This is
2: the playoffs for baseball. But football and football is also started. going on, yes. But They can happen at the same time?
1: They can, believe it or not. Oh. It's an amazing thing, this country. And actually, basketball is going to start soon. So now, that's we'll have... a
2: sport I can understand. Get the ball in the peach <laughs> basket with the hole in the bottom.
0: Yeah. is um, Here's the deal. Sports. I'm, I'm taking my kids to a game tonight. I heard. UCLA against the University of Utah.
2: Boom. Go Bruins?
0: No. Utah. Oh.
1: Because we, hey, we live in this Utah. Is, this is BYU radio, Matt. Well, I know. But, you know.
0: I'm just, really where, like I'm just saying. I'm just telling where I'm much. going. But
2: there's probably more people listening who are UCLA
0: fans. Probably, right True. now. And so. the Bruins are incredible. Ranked 12th in the country. Yeah, that's not bad. No. What's BYU ranked? I don't think they are ranked. I know. But see, that's the deal. I would go to the BYU 425th. game. 425th. But there, I would go to the BYU game. I just don't have tickets. You see,
1: the one on Friday against Utah State. Yeah. But see, I have tickets to the Utah UCLA game. Well, if I had tickets, I would go too. If you had tickets, would you take me? Because that's mm-hmm. what I'm wondering. Maybe if a lot of people couldn't go with me.
0: What? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean if a lot of people? Like you mean like I guess you're like I've got my list of people that I would your choose. nanny.
1: <laughs> I actually don't have a nanny anymore. Oh, she okay. quit. Oh, so did she? thanks for bringing you're up too. a source. Well, because that. that's what
0: we're talking about today: child <laughs> temperament. So I th- I'm wondering. Is that if- your segue? No, I didn't know okay. we were going there, but you brought up your nanny quitting. <laughs>
2: so Did she quit because of poor temperament or because you have exceptionally good temperament and she wasn't needed?
0: She
1: wasn't needed. I, I grew up, I grew out of my nanny. I don't hold need a on. nanny anymore. Yeah.
2: Uh,
1: okay.
0: Because that's not what the police report said. How, police? how do you get a hold of all these police reports? Because I read. What do you think I do all day? do you get them? They're on... They're on YouTube. Oh, okay, I didn't, is, they're on Google. They're on Reddit. It,
2: is it a nanny type thing? Like, it's been a million years since I've seen Mary Poppins. But isn't it they can't keep a nanny because the kids are too out of control, and so the nannies yeah. keep quitting.
0: Then you need a nanny that can fly. So that's what we got. Well, sky. At,
2: at the end
1: of Mary Poppins, doesn't Mary Poppins just leave because she's not needed anymore? No, she isn't she that the case? The kids out of control. No, no the kids are no, very no. in control. I think she was she deported. quit because she wasn't
3: needed.
0: Well, let's ask Bryce cuz Bryce has yeah, studied Bryce. up Phyllis, on it.
3: I Mary love Poppins. America. I just love America. Okay, you just I walked in just you have no walked clue in. what we're talking about. Mary
0: Poppins. It's the topic did, of the show today. Did she did she complete her service and save the children and she was no longer needed or did she have to did she just quit and run away? I think she floated away, for getting technical. Totally. I think she had something to do with Peter Pan.
3: It Maybe was I'm, that era, wasn't it, yeah. of movies? Maybe I'm mixing movies? these up. I'm was it Chitty sure. Chi Bang Bang in there, too? Oh, I love Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. She floated away with her umbrella in her flying that's, car. Yeah, that's Sing when I wanted a flying spoonful car.
2: spoonful of high fructose corn syrup makes the medicine
3: go down. It's actually pretty accurate. I don't remember that song, being like that. Dump a little carol syrup on, uh, you know... Whatever on, I don't know, what, on some Tylenol. I'll take that all day long. <laughs> hey,
0: do you remember the other day, Bryce, you were talking about how you were a kid with chubby little hands and tiny little
3: teeth? We all were. Everyone had chubby hands, yeah. Okay. Um, do you remember that, uh, were you a, what was your temperament like? Um, I don't, I don't know. I wasn't. Were you like Sky? I don't know how how are
0: you? Sky was a red-headed little chubby-handed small teeth man. So, is that right, Sky? Cuz you're still red-headed. I I didn't I don't know
1: when I got red hair, but I did not have red hair all like probably till the
0: second or third grade. Well, you didn't go to the hair, hair club, did you? Did you go to the hair club? <laughs> Where did had, you get your hair?
1: I had blonde hair and it turned red.
0: Oh, really? When? Yes. You don't know what age? I
1: it was in elementary school sometime.
0: Was it, was there a traumatic event? Did you? I
1: actually didn't even know. I remember one day someone made a comment about my red hair and I was like, what are you talking about? I don't have red hair.
0: Yeah.
1: And then. Did you get superpowers before this? Uh, no, that came a little later. Okay. Are you sure I'm just saying? Connected? It, my, well, my at least of... I didn't notice them till later. They might've yeah. been showing. Sometimes you can't tell. They don't show talk did did years your
0: parents later. either of you any of you uh did your parents use reverse psychology on any of you?
3: The did best you? one my mom ever did was we got home with our Halloween candy and she said, "Okay, now that you have your Halloween candy, let me check it and so she checked it out and make sure there weren't like needles or yeah, swords that's in, what they used to do, I guess I don't know, um swords. <laughs> I mean, you think we'd notice, but there know, were some swords. people, oh, look at this. I guess I'll just bite ah, my mouth. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then she was like, okay, now eat all of it. And me and my sister were like, yes. So she did. was reverse psychology-ing you. Yeah. And so guess what happened? We started eating all of it and then, you know, yes. it was great for about 10 minutes.
0: And and so you quit eating it.
3: Well, and then after and then after all, we're like, oh, I'm really sick and my teeth hurt. And everything's blurry, and my pancreas is screaming. <laughs> I don't know
0: what it is, but my pancreas is hurting. And <laughs> so we were weird. just kind
3: of like, "I'm done with it." And I don't think we really touched our Halloween candy after that. And see, it worked. S- well, what was really great is we don't. I'm I'm saying this with candy in my hand, which is a little ironic. But yeah. we don't really like candy. Me and my sister. You're not candy people. We can eat like a candy bar, but we're done. We're not like we don't. You're not you know, gluttons. We don't annihilate, a, you know, a sleeve of Kit Kat bars. Do you eat warm cheese? <clears throat>
0: Because we've been passing around got some, some, if you... some you know, body warm cheese. It's, I think it's been in Sky's underarm. <laughs> some lukewarm cheese, but it's in a bag, so <sighs> it's all protected. Here you go. Oh, um, oh, oh <laughs> it, the microphone. That's the microphone
3: good. again. She's not kidding. It's, <laughs> so, I know. That's <laughs> disgusting.
0: It's no, but it's good for you. It's mozzarella. Just open it up and drink it. Just, just, it. just <laughs> slurp it down. So reverse psychology worked for you, Sky. Do
1: you remember any reverse psychology? I don't remember any.
0: Maybe your ki- maybe your parents just didn't try. I'm sure they did. I mean, they were probably tired.
1: Remember the memory show we had the other day? Uh. Uh-uh. uh Neither do I.
0: No, but actually, <laughs> let's test that because uh, a couple of shows ago, we did a show on memory, and we had Sky try to remember. Uh, it ended up being, I think, twelve different names. Didn't it wasn't it? Kind of a
2: reverse psychology thing. We didn't. Oh, you can't remember yeah, totally. all these names, and we now
1: played it. Okay, so what are they? <laughs> Sasha. She, She, Jimmy Buffett, Ooby Doobie. Yeah. Those are the four you gave me. I gave you four on top of another Fat eight. Albert. Yeah. Bill Cosby, Russell Cosby, Rudolph Rudy Davis, Dumb Donald, Mushmouth, Bucky, and don't tell me, uh, Weird
0: Harold.
3: Wow. One day you're going to be playing Trivial Pursuit and you're going to thank us. See,
0: that <laughs> is a byproduct of us doing reverse psychology on you. Because I said, I think, you couldn't, you can't do this. Nobody, There's nobody no way thought can I could do, this. do it. Right. But we all believed you could. Mm. No, we did. And we just pretended like we did we couldn't. And then you took the bait and you wasted a lot of your brain space <laughs> on 12 names that are irrelevant.
2: It's going to backfire on you is when you're taking your final for your jazz class. And it'll say, what's the seven steps of jazz?
1: Matt like, <laughs> Albert, Weird steps. Harold, Sasha, Tom Donald. She,
0: she. <laughs> so it worked. Yeah. Reverse psychology. I don't think reverse psychology works on me. Really? No. I'm more likely to just believe you. So if my mom said, hey, yeah, you know what? You'll never be able to get good grades. I'd be like, you're right. Like, cool. I
3: guess I'll just do sports now. <laughs>
0: I'm a loser. I'm going to do radio.
3: <laughs> and here we are.
0: Yep. Fast forward 30 years. Bing! Look at us now. So reverse psychology. Were you guys, I have a feeling we're kind of hard children. <laughs> I'm even gonna say I'm pretty sure even even Colonel Sanders was a hard kid.
2: No, I was I was fine. No, was, you were. I was cool.
0: My no. my parents have
1: told me they would much rather raise my brother and I a hundred times over than to raise my teenage sister again. Really? Yeah. So
3: one hundred sky, 100 sky and his brother
1: and his brother. Really? So you were a lot easier. They say I'm a lot easier. Than, they say boys are a lot easier to raise than girls. Well,
0: but then again, you've blown your knees out 55 times. I don't know how many knees you seems like got. boys are more expensive. Yeah. Four.
1: Four well, I don't times. know. Tavia, my sister, just had to get another homecoming dress, and she's got to get her prom dress. She's got <laughs> boys, all boys, these get dresses. knee surgeries? We can't, we, can't, we can't rent the dress. We have to
3: buy the dress. Yeah, but you get the dress. To wear one. one time. It's better to buy a dress just, that's than knee example. surgery, right? I don't know. You use a knee a lot more than a dress. Well,
0: you do, except the knee, it's already like complete failure. You're buying it because you failed. A dress, you're buying it because you're going to a dance. You can also resell the dress. You can't resell the knee. You can't. (laughs) Get your knees here. So uh, it's kind of interesting because I, I do see you as a harder child. It's not, all about, it's not all about the money, though, Matt.
1: You're just thinking in terms of money.
0: Yeah, I'm sure the marketability. <laughs> and with you, Bryce, you had to have been
3: hard. I have a feeling I was. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, just some of the people that you really like on certain TV shows, they're kind of the darker, evil, kind of hitman type
3: of people. I didn't find – well, maybe. I don't know. I was – I was kind. technically, I was an only child. Yeah, because your sister was older. She's much older than me, so – so you were like, "Hey, surprise!" I'm like, "Well, and then you needed some attention." I, well, I needed to
0: make things interesting. So you two were difficult, obviously. Colonel Rob Sanders, he was difficult simply because he no, cared about cool. freeway infrastructure.
2: That's fine. It's easy. You want to, I'm in a bad mood. Just uh, toss me in the car of the errand you're going to run yeah. anyway. And go
0: see I the overpass. Stare out
2: the window, and my mood improves. And well, we're
0: but you also do you also do voice impersonations?
2: Oh. uh Bill Cosby. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, I wasn't. Joe,
2: really... pudding pop. Yeah, I'm not, uh, yeah. not, so not going to do that for so you a got career. that going on
0: in the back seat. Uh, <laughs> I was just, I mean, you guys troubled, whatever. Um, I was an angel. Yeah. I really was. Uh-huh. I was the last child, number four. The last child was always the most spoiled. I was totally the spoiled one. Yeah. Uh, by the way, my name, Matthew, it means gift from God.
1: Hello, Matthew, your parents messed up there.
2: Yeah,
3: no, they didn't. I was a gift.
2: And my name Rob means I stole
0: something. Yeah, that's (laughs) fine. Bryce, what does your name mean?
3: I don't think it has a meaning. I don't know. I
0: think it's price with a weird like with a swollen lip.
3: With a weird, yeah, price.
0: Sky, what does your
1: name mean? It's what the sun is in, and the stars, and clouds, and where rain comes from, and it's blue. It's sky. Okay, up sky. Into the night yeah, sky. Again, I, again,
0: I think it, we just made it obvious one more time that I was the gift to my parents. I'm and
3: just saying that's gamble. Um, parents didn't know that. Yeah. No, they did. No. They got the I bet I bet
1: someone just dropped him off on, the, on her, their my doorstep. My temperament, I was fairly
0: docile. I was a wonderful child. Very attentive. Listened carefully. Only made a few mistakes in my life.
3: Oh wait, hold on. How many how many people have like named their daughters like humility or what's another one? she uh, she She-she. <laughs> she-she. Um, and then they end up like, oh this is this is my friend charity. No yeah. Spoiled selfish.
0: Well no, but mine was more I think my mom just knew, you know. So like what do you what do I call this beautiful <laughs> gift from heaven?
3: Oh we'll call him gift from heaven. Colin,
0: Matthew. Beautiful gift from heaven. I'm going to later. temperament. We're talking about temperament of our children today. And, you know, I was a saying, I don't want to, you know, cause any problems. My sisters were hard. <laughs> my sisters were really difficult for um, my
3: I'm going to – we're going to need some data on this. I'm giving it we're, to well, you. Well, I don't we're know because my
1: parents say my sisters are
0: harder than my brother and I. So my maybe sisters it's a were a lot harder. Thing. I think what happened – and this is probably true to most parents. My mom was exhausted. I think she pretty much gave up.
3: She was done by the time you were. So
0: she pretty much let me do whatever I wanted, and I was just too lazy and tired to do anything difficult. That explains a lot. Go with the flow. See? And then I was raised on... That's why you're easy. I'm totally easy. She didn't even Uh -uh. just let you go. Yeah. I invented cheese in a cup. Bologna on the ceiling? Bologna on the ceiling. These are all games every kid should play. I invented marshmallows in a cup. Marshmallows in a which cup. Which is great, but you can't get it out of the cup once you've, might, once you've nuked them. They're just stuck in there. Not even with a spoon? You could for about 30 seconds.
3: You give it to the dog. The dog will figure that
0: one out. <laughs> yeah, he'll lick it out. So in the end, every child you know, brings a different trial, different opportunity, brings a different temperament. Today on the show, we're going to give you some tools to help you pick through... The Temperament of Your Child, Dr. David uh, Retu is going to be joining us. He's a child psychiatrist at the University of Vermont, and he's going to teach us how to understand the traits of your children, how to understand, you know, a little bit better psychology around your children. I think he's also going to be giving us some temperament so you can see which temperament your child falls into. Obviously, in our group,
3: there's one angel and three devils. I don't know. Could we, if those just, we just downplay it like three demons? Not like not three full demons. On yeah, not a
0: full devil. Three demons and ch- and an angel, a gift from heaven. And we're going to take a break and come right back with Skyboy and the rest of us right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM One Forty Three BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're uh, giving you some tools to take. Uh, I don't know, a little better care of how you parent your children. Uh, it just so happens that on staff here at the Matt Townsend Show, we have two uh, grown children, um, experts in the field of t- uh, temper tantrums and other childhood maladies. Uh, our own Sky Hansen, who's shaking his head like he's rocking to the oldies. And uh, Bryce Tobin. Bryce, you have put together some research, some of the latest research on the actual process of the temper the the child temper tantrum
3: some actual totally real legitimate peer-reviewed science research i reviewed it good there you go peer right there let's hear it look i don't want you to take this the wrong way but i'm about to rant this is the bryce's right You've heard of the five stages of grief, but here's the five stages of the tantrum. First stage is wanting. This is where it all begins. Maybe it's a thing they want, or a dessert, or a chance to play with someone or something. But when they want something, the struggle begins. The second stage is begging. This is where they want to wear you down. They try to begin a war of attrition, but they have such short attention spans, such low physical and mental endurance, they're no match for an adult. Or at least they shouldn't be but they have desire on their side, and that's a pretty powerful motivator. You'll know they're in the begging stage when they end every sentence like Mom! Please! Why not? But I want to go to the thing! I'm not entirely sure where this change of tone comes from, nor am I sure what the ascending and descending that happens in it is supposed to indicate. But all kids somehow learn it, and we all know what it means. So they'll keep asking and bothering you, while well, you end this charade by getting fed up and doing whatever it is that you do to let kids know that you are not giving in. Then comes the third stage or what I call the flop scream. You know how in sports, players will sometimes flop, they'll fake an injury in order to get what they want? Well, kids will flop as well. Or they'll do that massive back arching thing where they shove their stomach out. It's all just an act. They'll cry and scream and maybe flop around a little bit more, but it's all just their attempted escalation. They're saying, oh, you're putting your foot down? Well, I'm going to put my foot down harder. But as we all know, kids have smaller feet. It's not as effective when they put their feet down. Then there's the passive aggressive brooding and sobbing. This is the worst part. This has the potential to last for days. This is where they try their hardest to be dead weight. They move slow. They don't talk very much. They don't make eye contact. They speak quietly. This is the point where it becomes easy To give in, But come on, parents, don't do it. Just hold on. The fifth and final stage is one where they get over it. Usually this happens for two reasons. Hopefully it's because they forgot about what they were freaking out about in the first place. And something new, like jumping on the trampoline, has replaced their old desire. This is always kind of funny to me because kids will go from brooding and sobbing to instantly smiling and laughing. And this is how you know it was just an insincere tantrum like all the others. But sometimes it's because they found something else to want. So the process starts all over again. But you can always hold out and hope for the moment when the thing will get replaced. And they'll just run off happy. And afterwards, you'll wonder how long until you aren't legally obligated to take care of them anymore. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. So, this was
0: all based on research.
3: Lots, years, longitudinal study. Of your life? Of mine. I, a naturalistic observation of other of skies, um, of other,
0: and plus, you're just the talk that you and Sky had while you were up scuba diving.
3: In, indeed, indeed. So, actually, it, all we do is talk about girls when we go, really. Nah, we talk about music, too. <laughs> what girls? What does it matter? I mean, what
0: I mean, I'm just I mean, wondering. Oh, hypothetically, all
3: of, all of Sky's girlfriends, all of his, all of them, all of them. Yeah. All oh, you the, like, mean all
0: the girls in his life? That all list the girls of people you I You mean like take. Nana
3: and Grammys <laughs> and Mom and Sister? Grandmas that call into the show yeah. sometimes? I One time. the Hansons. They're good to us.
0: That's a good singing group.
3: So <laughs> if um, s- they spell their name, yours a, their uses H-A-N-S-E-N, right? Yes. So yeah, they, they, they spell it, it. wrong. They're
0: Hanson. Hanson. Yeah, okay. Weirdos. So the tantrums, um, uh, that's pretty fascinating. We start with the want- then we go to begging, then we go to the scream flop. The scream flop is a powerful move, though, because the, it, it starts to create enough physical uh, and social embarrassment. And plus the sound of the flop, like on the hard floor at a store.
3: Like squishy kid bellies, you know.
0: (gasps) That is a big move. And I think if if a kid could just perfect that, you wouldn't need the other stages.
3: Right. I like it when kids like add a little pizzazz to it and whatever. They'll they'll make sure they're holding two things in their hand and they'll throw them up in the air. But it's totally random which way they're going to throw because they just aren't coordinated. So they'll toss two things in the air and then flop and then scream. What did you call that? The Scream Flop. The Scream Flop. Took me a lot of, you know, many hours of By the analyzing way, names and nomenclature.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you can see it's a technical – you can see it's got a, a Greek
3: derivative. Yeah, you can see it.
0: Scream and flopper, a, floppe, which is the Greek term for um, – <laughs> Flopper. Flashing, <less>. hitting the, <laughs> the ground. Scream, flop um, – That's usually and again I don't know if you remember, but I have I'm a PhD, so uh, this is where I would just suggest to the parent that you just turn around
3: and walk away. Run actually.
0: I just walk away, and then would
3: you suggest (laughs) full on abandonment right there?
0: Not full on. I would go down the aisle and I'd turn the corner and then I'd stand there
3: and I'd probably laugh for a minute. Well, check out the tortillas that are on the end of the aisle. Yeah, and then
0: you might hear him squeaking because he's going to try to move the flop Mm
3: -hmm. down the aisle, (laughs) right? Not actually get up and move. Yeah. Just roll over. Yeah.
0: So what what follows the scream flop? Cuz it seems flop, like
3: what could follow it? That's the uh sobbing brooding stage. Yeah.
0: That's what Sky always does. I skipped to step number 4. Yeah, I <laughs> you just more go right to it. Yeah. I think you'd actually be more powerful if you would actually try a scream flop before you start the sobbing brooding. You think that stage. would help? I, I mean I just throw it. I in can test time. it out next time. Because when you you just kind of go right from want, you don't even beg, you just go right to sobbing brooding and I'm like, you missed two steps. You know? Well, it's
1: worked. But if you think it'd be more effective to put in the, the scream flop, i think time. next so. time. Yeah.
0: And then I like it. I like when the fluids flow. I don't know what stage that is in your chart.
3: Uh, that could probably show up at, uh, in the very least, begging, but certainly at the scream flop. Yeah. That's when people start crying and snotting and drooling. And... Yeah. Which is, oh, by and the then way... then the
0: sobbing
1: brooding is kind of like where you're cleaning well, up Well, yeah, a that's the bit. cleaning yeah. up a little yeah. bit.
0: And then I always like the grand finale where it's like... <laughs> yeah. And oh, yeah. can't <laughs> Yeah. <they're laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> They're like so exhausted oh, they can't you know like, keep their lips Aren't straight. Kids cute, eh, good thing they are because if they weren't, I don't think we'd put up they with wouldn't them. Survive
0: that you know that I guess kids when they look at you they open their eyes little babies they open their eyes a little wider trying to endear you, oh, you trying to get you yeah which then sets you up for the screen flop later <sighs> that's
3: a, that's it's all, the
0: it's a tangled web. See, I was there an ending to yours? Wasn't uh,
3: there? Getting over it or replacement? Pretty much you uh, you replace the kid. Well, I hadn't thought about it that way, but that is one way to take you care of business. You get over it, meaning they get over meaning it. Meaning they're just like, ah, eh, whatever. That's not actually a problem. I'm just a spoiler. kid. You know kid. Uh,
0: My mom did that once, and I was brooding in the line at the store. And while I was brooding, um, I was also taking the little buckle, the belt that goes across the line. It was a chain that
3: would go across the line. I remember that. I remember that.
0: And I was running it through the loopholes in my pants. <laughs> And I, was, I got preoccupied, and I got all locked into this belt, and I look up, and my mom's gone. She had checked out and left. You. And I took off running, but I was chained like a dog. Dog to the counter. and whip you by the hips. Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> and then I, then I went right back to the begging, scream flop, and started sobbing with fluids flowing.
3: But what was that replaced with?
0: But you know what? It was replaced by really nothing. Okay. I couldn't even throw myself on the ground because the chain kept me <laughs> suspended in the
3: air. <laughs> it was pretty bad.
0: But then uh, it was neat because about twelve minutes later, my mom realized I wasn't with her when she and she pulled back in and picked me up. Okay. Did she bad. hesitate? I don't know if it's hesitation or just she forgot. So whatever it was, it was sad. I think I'm forgetting something.
1: Oh, I missed was something. It the
0: butter? Did I forget? Did I get butter? <laughs> I'm missing something loud. Where's my little <laughs> chubby-handed small-tooth kid? <laughs> Oh Well, okay, we're going to talk to a real, a real expert after this break. We're going to come back, give you the real tools of child temperament with uh, the author of Child Temperament, New Thinking About the Boundary Between Traits and Illnesses. Uh, this is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your guide on the side. Today, we're talking a parenting issue. Do you have kids that, uh, I don't know, they just act like kids? Grow up, you kids. Well, today's the day. We're going to learn how to handle and understand the different uh, temperamental types of our children. Did you know that your kids don't just come, you know, in one... Package, You know, they've got other types of temperaments that might be involved. They don't all have the same features, right? Sometimes, uh, you know, Sky, for example, comes. Some days he's a little irritable. Some days he's a little sleepy. Some days he's just cute as a bug in a rug. Aren't you, Sky? Yes. Today we're going to figure out why. Because you probably have a temperamental type, and we've got a pro, an expert on board to help us. Dr. David Rattu is joining us. He's a child psychiatrist at the University of Vermont. He directs the Pediatric Psychiatry Clinic at the University of Vermont. He's the author of Child Temperament, New Thinking About the Boundaries Between Traits and Illness. He writes a blog for Psychology Today called The ABCs of of Child Psychiatry. He personally has published over um, 100 published journal articles, chapters, and scientific abstracts on a variety of child mental health topics. He is the source. If you want more information, go check out uh, his website at childtemperament.net. Dr. David, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Great to be with you, Matt. So good to have you. Really, I mean, I have six kids, Doc, and, uh, I, you know, they, they've all got just they're so different. It makes me wonder if they're all mine.
4: That's the amazing thing about temperament, and parents say that all the time. Do they? They say, I've, I've done exactly the same thing. I've parented the same way, and yet my kids are so radically different from each other. Oh,
0: tell me. Okay, so when we hear the word temperament, I, I think of it as just kind of their irritability factor. But what, what does it really mean? What is child temperament?
4: Well, I think a good way to think about child temperament is to sort of think of it as the the foundations of, of personality. Okay. Uh, one one metaphor I like for people who are musical, if you if you consider somebody's life to be a symphony, then a temperament might be the key that that piece of music is in. Okay. And some people are, generally live in A minor, and some people generally live in G major. If you know what I mean. Yeah.
0: Means. Yeah. So and so I mean, like, so some uh, run a little hotter. Some run a little colder, some run a little more uh, anxious, some run a little more laid back. Is that what we're talking about?
4: That's right. A lot of times people will argue about the specifics, but a lot of people talk about temperament in three big dimensions. And one people often call something like extroversion. It sort of describes how much somebody likes a lot of stimulus in their life. They like a lot of people around. They They like a lot of excitement there's also a dimension that sort of refers to how easily somebody will be brought to experience a negative emotion, okay. like fear or anger. And then a third dimension is sort of a regulatory dimension. It's the part of you that says, you know, I feel like this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, overcome that because I've got a test to do or I've got a goal I have to accomplish.
0: Okay, so that's extroversion, introversion. These are the different dimensions. This is how you kind of break down a temperament. That's right. Okay. That's right. Extroversion kind of versus introversion. Uh, a negative emotion, I guess, yep. uh, management, or is that is that kind of like positivity, negativity?
4: In a way. A lot of times we talk about approach behaviors and withdrawal behaviors okay. and then regulation.
0: And then regulation, kind of emotional regulation. Yep.
4: That's right. That's okay.
0: Right. And- oh, go ahead.
4: I was going to say well, people can think about it in two ways. You can think about these dimensions, and sort of everybody has a score along this dimension, and everyone has a unique profile. But science has shown that there may be more around five different types. These combinations kind of go together in predictable ways.
0: Okay, let's. Uh, in fact, let's get into the type now. So I guess what you're also saying then, if there's these div- these dimensions and these spec the spectrum. Um, then every child, even though they come from the same gene pool, could actually manifest with a different kind of code of dimensions.
4: That's right. Yeah, one myth about temperament is that it's purely genetic, and it really is not. Okay. When people do twin studies to, to measure this, most temperament dimensions end up being about 50% genetic, and then 50% more from environmental influence.
0: Okay. See, that's, that's good to know because I was always told that our temperament was because we were Irish. <laughs> and I had never been to Ireland and had never met anyone from Ireland and was still throwing fits when I was a kid. So apparently it's not that Irish temper, is it?
4: No, I think there's probably more to it than that. I think Skye's got a little Irish in him. He's redhead.
0: Uh, anyway, so tell me this, Doc. What are the five? Let's get into those five basic types.
4: Yeah. Well, people call them by different things, but in the book I've tried to uh, use these terms. So the, the one one uh, category I call the moderate, so these are folks who have sort of average levels of, the, of all dimensions. Okay. There's what I call a, a mellow profile, so these folks tend not to get particularly anxious, uh, but they don't have really high levels of approach behavior. Either. Okay. There's an agitated group. These folks have high energy, but they can tend to also experience negative emotions pretty quickly. Mm. There's a confident group. Uh, These folks may be higher in extroversion, more social, and they tend to have good regulatory skills and lower anxiety. And then an anxious group, and they tend to have higher levels of this negative emotion or negative emotionality, and struggle a little bit more with regulation and tend to have lower extraversion.
0: Well, it's interesting. So we've got moderates, mellow profiles, agitated, high confidence, and anxious. That's right. And it, it seems like each one of those uh, has its inherent strengths, but it's also kind of some baggage.
4: That's right. And, and temperament dimensions are not good or bad. Okay. Um, I think all the dimensions, just as you say, have some elements that our culture considers generally to be good and some that are, are not so good. And it's interesting when people – an interesting thing to think about is when people describe the ideal partner or the ideal child, yeah. what they often do is they take the good parts of each dimension and throw away the <laughs> other parts. You'll, you'll hear people saying, I want somebody who is spontaneous yet punctual. Or, right. You know, uh, and, and what they're doing, uh, present company excluded, of course, is <laughs> – is, is breaking up dimensions that are that are tough to do. Right. They're, they're combinations that are less usual in society. Well, you're
0: like building this illusion of this this person that really doesn't exist.
4: Right. You you always will find exceptions, but yeah. uh, in general, you know, most people come prefixed with a combination of, of traits that have some good and some not so good qualities.
3: Well, it seems
0: like just as I go through it, there's a moderate, a mellow, an agitated, a confident, and an anxious. To me, that just seems like the perfect family i mean it's
4: like having one of each
0: I have one of each and, it, and I, it almost seems like you might
4: yeah and there are families that probably do i mean there is a lot of variable from from uh sibling to sibling as as you know
0: yeah what contributes to this the, this type so some of it's just i guess genetic i guess but what else yeah. are, what are the other contributing factors
4: well you know everything from cultural impacts to parenting um, to schools, to friends. And, you know, another myth, that, uh, something that we're learning more about is we used to sort of think of genetics and environment as sort of separate pathways. Mm. And one of the things we're understanding much better now is that actually genes can influence environment. Yeah. Environment can actually influence gene expression. Well, yeah, so like, they're not as separate yeah. as we once thought. Well, and I,
0: you can almost see that. If somebody's kind of the agitated temperamental type, and that's kind of, let's even if that we could just attribute that all to his genes. If you come off too agitated and, um, you know, quick to emote negatively, you might also tick a lot of people off in the environment. And then they're going to treat you right. differently, which would actually probably agitate you more.
4: That's right. I sometimes like to use the metaphor. And, and since you're in Utah, I think you would get this that, that kids like, like big mountains sometimes generate their own weather.
0: Oh, totally. Isn't that true? So that's where you're saying there's a mix. Not just with the genes you're born with, but then how you engage the environment with those genes.
4: That's right. And that has a fancy name uh, called an evocative gene environment uh. correlation. And it generally just means that based on somebody's genetic tendencies, they tend to pull out or evoke certain environments more than others.
0: Well, and I have oh, you know, man, I've seen that just this week. So we have a child that uh, he, he's I guess he's maybe the agitator. I don't know. But he he'll just he'll just start stirring the pot. And all the other kids will be there quiet, maybe even ignoring him. And he'll just start agitating, agitating, agitating until finally everyone's fighting and one of us is on him. And then he looks at us like, what? What is your deal? And now he's grounded. Yeah, Game on. A very
4: common scenario. Evocative.
0: That's the word. That's
4: right. And, the, and, as, and as your example mentions, what we do, the environment often tends to reinforce those initial tendencies. Yeah.
0: Oh, Yeah. No, oh, exactly. So
4: if, if a kid is born to be a little bit more irritable, it tends to provoke a little bit more irritability in the environment, and that can then send people off to the races, and these yeah. things can snowball.
0: It's like we're, we're just so reactive, kind of to our to each other. I guess it's really we and, and we we these we don't get rid of these temperaments when we're like, oh, we're mature now. We're eighteen. I guess I'm done. We carry it with us, don't we?
4: That's right. I mean, there have been studies where people have measured temperament for decades apart in the same in the same people, and you find correlations. That that doesn't mean by any stretch of the imagination that you know what you're like at two is what you're going to be like at 50. Yeah. Um. But, uh, people can detect these these stabilities. It's
0: interesting too, because you you hear parents say, "Oh, I knew he was going to be this way when he was a baby." (laughs)
4: You know, I've heard that. i heard, heard moms say that about the, their child in the womb.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, really true. Like kicking around, huh? Exactly. Uh, it, tell me this, because you hear a lot about birth order, and is 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 there any you know veracity to the birth order concept? Does it matter where you're born, or is that just kind of environmentally how you might be handled?
4: Uh, well, there's a lot of discussion about that. Um, most of the studies that I think have really measured this well have not found birth order to be as strong of a factor as people might expect. Okay. And, and, and not to get too technical, one of the problems with the study is that birth order and birth size and, and family size sometimes get confounded.
0: Oh, I could see that. Yeah, birth order with two kids is different than birth order with six kids, probably.
4: That's right. That's right. So, it, it, you know, there's a lot of people who will say that that's true for their family, and yeah. I, I wouldn't dispute that. But I think when you look at large groups of people, the other factors seem to be playing a larger role.
0: Is there, the sex difference matter? Do you see any difference in these temperamental styles based on gender?
4: You do see some. Uh, you, yeah, you certainly do see some. And um, that can change according to age. Um, kids, you know, boys and girls can look more similar at certain ages uh, than others, and um it's also worth saying that within boys or girls there's a tremendous amount of variability so I think we have to be careful yeah. about the stereotypes of of temperament. Yeah. You find small effects but not as much as you might think.
0: Well and it, so it may not it, this is a, it seems like a great kind of instructive model to be able to figure out your your child's temperamental type. But like you're saying, you don't want to in your own. Yeah, in my own. Exactly. Then we can figure out some ways. In your book, does that get into that? How I could take mine to understand his and
4: absolutely right. One of the one of the fundamental principles of temperament is is it's not inherently bad or good, but it really can fit well or not so well with certain environments. Oh yeah, it's and so understanding sort of where your child is and where you are, um, I think can really help you know make the most of of. What you're given with a child's temperament.
0: I I love it. It also seems like it would help in eventually helping you understand you. I have a client that has major, major ADD, and he, um, but he's an accountant, which blows my mind. Like, how did you get to accounting? Well, that
4: might be that regulatory dimension.
0: Uh huh. Isn't that interesting? And so he ends up, but he ends up having to check everything ten times. Yes, but he he likes it.
4: Well, I think as people get older, this ability to kind of control your impulses gets stronger for most people, and we've all probably encountered the person who you think is one way, and then they'll say, "Oh, I'm really shy," but they don't seem shy to you at all. Oh, right?
0: I actually and feel that's that. That's where way. I think yeah.
4: that that ability to control those impulses comes into play.
0: Huge. We're talking with uh, Doctor David Rattu, who is. He's trying to educate us. He's from the University of Vermont. He's a child psychiatrist there and uh, directs the Pediatric Psychiatry Clinic at the University of Vermont. He's the author of Child Temperament, New Thinking About the Boundary Between Traits and Illness. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and get a little bit more into that idea of the temperaments, the five temperamental types, and uh, even maybe start getting into the, the temperament versus certain illness or you know traits or symptoms of illnesses. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking your the, uh, your child's temperament, right? You know, I guess you could try to just... Raise all the children exactly the same. Uh, apparently, they don't like that necessarily. Some, for example, uh, you know, they approach, they approach life differently. They approach life their own way with a different temperamental type, we're calling it. We're talking with Dr. David Rattu, uh, who's a child psychiatrist at the University of Vermont. He's the author of Child Temperament, New Thinking About the Boundary Between Traits and Illness, And he writes a blog for Psychology Today called The ABCs of Child Psychiatry. Go check out his website, childtemperament.net. It's a wonderful resource for you there. Dr. Rattu, thank you again for joining us.
4: Great to be here.
0: It really, you know, humans just are, they're just so interesting. Um, And kids especially, we, I think we think they're so much like us. Just because, you know, they're ours. But... They're not.
4: No, they really have a, a whole set of experiences, and I think we do well to try to see things from in from their perspective as much as we can.
0: It's amazing. How many um, how many times I guess in your field of psychiatry, you're not just dealing with you know traditional issues. A lot of what you've got to figure out is is this is this an illness? Is this a is this a disorder that the child might be presenting or is it just their temperamental issue? How do you I guess you're seeing a correlation between the two?
4: Yeah, that's right and I think you nailed it. That's probably the most common question that I get in my clinical practice is they want to know whether you know their child has enough of something that it would qualify for you know meeting criteria for a disorder. Hmm. And it's a tough question.
0: Well, yeah, cuz you don't automatically want to peg your child for an illness or a disorder when it's just temperament, but then you also don't want to wait too long um, and and miss the boat either, do you?
4: Absolutely. And it's looking more and more like that, at least in some of, the, some of the conditions that we deal with, we're really just talking about a matter of degree, at least on the surface. Okay. For so, things like uh, ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, we all have an attention span. We all have an activity level and when people measure it quantitatively it it kind of looks like a bell-shaped curve just like right. blood pressure or height and so our job is to sort of set some kind of rational and sensible speed limit if you will mm-hmm. uh, and say beyond which beyond this point we're going to consider this to be a problem and in psychiatry actually is not unique in this i mean the most common medical illnesses probably work that way, too. You think about high blood pressure and hypertension, high cholesterol, or even uh, diabetes. Um, You know, the continuum model is not just in our own field here.
0: It's uh, So, like, one of the temperamental types you mentioned, again, we'll go through a moderate, some people are just, you know, average, kind of average levels, mellow Mm -hmm. profile, um, agitated, High confident group and anxious. It seems like to me, for example, if your child is it comes from like the anxious temperamental type, they might be more distractible. They might be prone to you know anxiety, generalized anxiety, some, maybe some social issues.
4: Absolutely, lack of and, and
0: confidence.
4: That's right. Generalized anxiety disorder, which is considered an illness, I think, maps very closely to that anxious traits. Hmm. And social anxiety disorder maps very closely to shyness, which is you know, part okay. of that dimension.
0: And, and it's funny, too, because we, we have... We really do have, I think, one of each of these. Um, the mellow profile. I have a son that's so mellow, you're wondering if he's breathing. You that's know what I mean? And it's, and it's like, mellow, dude, come on, engage. Uh, what do you think? And it's interesting then he might be less... I mean, he might. would he be more prone to social issues or engagement issues I don't know
4: yeah absolutely I mean a lot of these kids don't get a lot of intervention because they're often not causing too much trouble right they're kind of just content to do their own thing um, but sometimes the, these kids need a, a nice shove in a direction to, to get them to do things that they might you know end up liking to do on their own
0: <laughs> it's it's got to be really interesting for you I've always thought one of the hardest jobs in medicine is the psychiatrist because it seems like historically you just didn't have as many tools or data as you're now. and I know now you are, you are on the cutting edge of of so much new information as we're scanning brains and getting into understanding this a lot better um, it's got to be kind of a relief to at least have some general categorizations of temperament of your children so you can start to maybe peg some of their other their other um, symptoms maybe you can start seeing more symptoms And being able to diagnose stuff a little easier.
4: That's right. Well, yeah, you're you're right, Matt. And um, psychiatry, I think, has been behind in terms of science, and it's really I'm really glad to see uh, our field really embrace this incredible field of neuroscience. And and while we've learned so much, I think we all are humbled by how much we still have yet to learn about this unbelievable structure called the human brain.
0: What what are some more uh examples? Like I mean what what's a downside of be, of your child kind of being a moderate? Just being average level of most of the you know, average in um in his desire to be extroversion or negative emotion. Is th- is there a downside to that temperamental type?
4: Well, I think sometimes there can be a uh, a tendency to just leave these kids alone that they 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 can kind of feel like they're vanilla. Yeah. And they don't have that that spark or you know those that charisma that that they see other kids having and and being rewarded for it.
0: So if you see if you see they're maybe trending and showing more of a temperamental type of a moderate, I guess are you suggesting a little more coaching and you know maybe pointing out you could pick up some of these levels you could you could call a friend. You don't. Yeah, I just you have to try wait. To
4: help them develop their passion.
0: Yeah, isn't it? Uh it seems like, as if raising kids wasn't hard enough, it's almost like maybe that's why your book's going to be so helpful, is we need the tools to to understand these. A lot of times we're fixing them without any clue what's really going on.
4: That's right. And people comment all the time about how you need to get a license to drive a car and to do this and do that. But you don't have to have any kind of license to, to parent a child. Oh, man.
0: And then sadly, some of our children are parenting children. And yes. and they haven't even developed fully, and so it's it's a uh, it's a big deal what if you think of the temperamental traits the, are there some that we should be really watching out for what are uh, of the five styles um, and some of i guess the traits that go with that um, what what are some of the things we should be watching out for
4: well the the research on psychiatric disorders, as they're defined, has shown over and over over, that this regulatory dimension, this ability to be able to keep things in check when you need to, is a critical dimension. And it underlies uh, many types of different psychiatric conditions that that we see so to be able to develop that skill as much as possible seems to be really critical to be able to to meet someone's goals and and uh, to live a happy and productive productive life
0: yeah that's a that's a big one and i see that a lot like in my marriage coaching and stuff the the ability to recognize emotion manage your own emotions you know calm yourself down that's huge isn't it
4: and that doesn't mean being an emotional flatline. No. Yeah. It just means to be able to, to keep it in check when, when the need arises.
0: Great. We're going to take a break, come back. We're talking with uh, Dr. David Rattu, who's teaching us about, uh, you know, our temperament and our children's temperamental traits. What are some things to watch out for? One thing to be watching out for is their, you know, their regulatory effect. Can they manage their emotions? You know, can they get a little heated up a bit and then bring themselves down? Do they have that skill set? We're going to come back, give you some more practical applications of uh, figuring out your temperamental types of your children and maybe some tools for how to deal with it. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're talking your kids today. Those cute little gifts from heaven come down here and just make your day. And sometimes they kind of mess it up a little bit and then they get mad and they throw that fit. And then you put them to bed. And man, when you're putting them to bed, they actually, when they're actually in bed and you go in a few minutes later, you're like, oh, they're so cute. So cute, those little cuties. You know. And then they turn into teenagers, and you're like, oh, this room is a mess. How can he sleep in this mess? It's fun. Raising kids, what are you going to do? you learn so much. We decided to bring in a kid expert, child psychiatrist at the University of Vermont. Dr. David Rattu is joining us. He is the director of the Pediatric Psychiatry Clinic at the University of Vermont. He's also the author of Child Temperament, New Thinking About the Boundary Between Traits and Illness. He writes a blog for Psychology Today called The ABCs of Child Psychiatry and has published over 100 r- uh, journal articles, chapters, scientific abstracts on a variety of child mental health topics. You can find more information about Dr. David Rattu at the website childtemperament.net. Dr. Rattu, welcome back. Thank you very much. Here's the deal, Dr. Rattu. You were talking about the different temperamental types, right? Uh, Moderates, kind of average levels in in these areas we were talking about. Areas like extroversion, introversion, negative emotion, their ability to uh, regulate their emotion. We have some mellow temperament. Uh, We have agitated, high energy and can experience negative emotions. And high confident group. Now, is the high confident group like cocky? Are they just sure of themselves?
4: Well, that's the danger. Um, a lot of people in the confident group are, you know, what a lot of parents would consider to be model kids. But when that group gets in trouble, that's often the direction that they get in trouble.
0: Okay. And that you could see getting a little cocky all of a sudden. You're going to start affecting your your uh, your environment. You're going to start making people mad. You're going to start getting some people that are going to get agitated simply because you are... A little mouthy. You are too cocky.
4: Right. Confident can progress to overconfidence and and rudeness. Yeah. Isn't it? uh, You know,
0: we just think they're just made this way. We just think they just appear. But and, you know, and then we start thinking, oh, man, you're just like your grandma. But it may not be grandma's fault that they're just all of a sudden an agitated person. Yet some of it is still the genes, right?
4: Some of it is. And one of the things that's uh, that's interesting about genes is that sometimes the genetic effects on personality traits actually get larger as you get older. Mm. Uh, So people always make that joke about, you know, women becoming their mothers or something (laughs) like that. And, you know, there's some basis that these genetic effects get get stronger as, as we get older.
0: Now, they just is it they just seat in deeper? What happens when they get older? I guess they've just been practicing it longer.
4: Yeah, I don't think we understand it that well, and some of it may have to do with uh, genes causing certain environments to reinforce those tendencies, as we were talking about yeah. a little earlier.
0: In your book, you talk about um, some practical applications. So you don't want to just you don't want to decide that okay, my son is an anxious. Temperamental type, and then just brand him and keep saying, "Well, the reason you're struggling, son, is because you're an anxious temperamental type." You don't want to. It's not a branding approach. You really just want to use these to understand him better, maybe to coach him a little bit more in you know in his schoolwork. Is that the ultimate goal?
4: Yeah, I think you got it exactly right. I I don't think it's a bad idea to use those terms, but if you do use those terms. I think you have to explain what you mean and what you don't mean. Yeah. So being shy doesn't mean that you're destined to be shy for the rest of your life. It just means that you have a biology that tends to react more in this direction, but it doesn't mean that somebody's helpless in terms of doing something about it.
0: It seems powerful to also be able to point out people that also might be shy, you know, role models, you know, people in the... You know, in the family that are also shy that have been able to overcome it some and then I mean what's powerful is I even just sit here and think if I knew as a job what my temperamental type was as I'm going out looking for an occupation, it might be really important to to consider what your temperament is i I personally don't know that I could sit for example, and just be with my children all day. I think if I had to do that every day i'm probably i don't know what I am I'm probably an anxious I don't know, but i probably high confident and anxious. Can you have more than one?
4: I think that there's all kinds of possibilities, and people can be a little bit of one type and a little bit more. I think all possibilities are there. But if I had but to say, I'd go a crazy. Great point about parents, um, because I think we often want to show our best side to our kids, uh, but a lot of times when we talk about our own struggles and things when they didn't go well for us, I think our kids can, can learn from that just as much.
0: Right i mean it's funny we we almost don't want to be human, and part of being human you're teaching us is this temperament it's just it's part of your code, and there's no harm to knowing your code you just and it doesn't even brand you it 's not like you can't improve it it 's not like you can't adapt, but you need to know your code
4: you need to know you need to know that you tend to react a certain way and and maybe other people tend to react a certain way, and you know one of the principal practical applications this is thing that i call overriding i think we all need to know how to override as parents because recognizing that our child's temperament will pull out of us certain reactions and they may be very natural reactions but they may not be the best reaction and right. that's when we need to hit the override button and be able to think about this and think through it and say maybe i need to take a deliberate step in a different direction it's a little counterintuitive because we're always taught that parents in the way that feels natural, and I'm right. a big believer in that, but sometimes we have to parent in a way that's unnatural for us.
0: Well, I've seen that. I'd like, I've seen my wife, very social, uh, who wants if – if I have a mellow boy, uh, um, or maybe even an anxious, that's sitting there that's not out playing with friends, my wife will start, you know, pushing go be confident, go out, with your. Go out. call your friends, get out there, get out there. And I, you can almost just see the anxiety rising <laughs> in the child. Um, so she tends to parent from her style, I would parent from my style. And yet, in reality, I guess we need to, we, like you're saying, override our reaction to them and probably maybe approach them from theirs in a healthier way.
4: That's right. And most of the time we do pretty well. I mean, I think, uh, you know, nobody has to be perfect no. in this, and we all... Uh, slip up from time to time. It's I think it's worth uh, thinking it through it and sometimes trying to take a different course.
0: Do Do you think that parents? Um, it's almost like we don't really quite know what we signed up for because we thought this was going to. We thought they were just going to be cute, and, and we knew it would be hard. We always say it. we know it would be hard, but it's it's hard. Hard is when they have such a different temperamental style from you, and one that almost just agitate you one that just sets you because some of what you're saying here is the temperamental type also kind of leads to your own kind of fight-or-flight reactive approach to them doesn't it
4: that's right and and one of the diabolical things about temperament sometimes is that parents have the exact same traits as their kid. not not always but that can be a tough combination so if if you tend to be a little bit more of an irritable parent you might have a higher likelihood of having a somewhat more irritable child and wow. then the two of you get in the same room, and it's, it's not really, it's not the parent's fault, it's no. not the child's fault, but the chemistry when the two temperaments uh, collide can be what causes a problem. And in our clinic, that's the way we try to address it. We don't want to point fingers at the parent, we don't want to point fingers at the kid, but we say, you know, there's something about when the two of you get in a room together, and that is our, that's our target.
0: It's powerful, because I think you're giving the parents a tool to kind of look at patterns, and start noticing patterns more. I mean, once you start seeing, oh, yeah, I'm, here I go. I'm feeling that pattern when he's starting to play anxious on me, and when he goes anxious, I tend to go with him. It's, some of it's just starting to notice the problem a little bit earlier before you're emotionally flooded, isn't it?
4: That's right, that, and that's that override button. Yeah. And for anxious kids, I think parents have this very well-meaning and natural tendency to want to protect Yep. Uh, but that can sometimes lead to overprotection and then not, not getting the child to be exposed to what they need to be exposed to to develop mastery over those anxieties.
0: It seems like I mean, are, are the brains of uh, do the brain do the brains match temperamental types is, is I guess I'm assuming the temperament is stored in the brain somewhere um, and you would probably be able if you got into the imaging deep enough, be able to see something different. Is that possible?
4: Yes, yes. And there's more and more neuroscience. It's not as though a radiologist could look at a a brain scan and say, okay, well, here's here's, the reality of your kid. But when you do these very precise measurements of different pathways, you can see subtle differences. And those differences are often in the exact same regions of the disorders that are corresponding to that trait.
0: Interesting. So give us some more disorders. For example, is there a disorder that correlates to moderates?
4: Uh, no, I don't think that one really – because the, it, they're all sort of in this average dimension, I yeah. don't think that one correlates as well as uh, some of the others.
0: I'm assuming with mellow, it's probably more depression.
4: It could be depression. Sometimes it could be what we call the inattentive variant of, okay. of ADHD, okay. uh, where there's less of the H, less of the hyperactivity, Yeah, and um, then, what people call ADD.
0: Yeah, and then the agitated, I guess, I'm, a, I'm assuming they tend to have more aggressive tendencies – oppositional defiance
4: I oppositional defiant and a, and a trendy disorder that we're hearing a lot about these days is bipolar disorder yeah and, and that profile sometimes uh, matches on to what uh, some people call bipolar disorder it's back in vogue
0: that's kind of it scary certainly is. <laughs> isn't that interesting that they're becoming is, is it just that we're are we diagnosing more correctly or is it just a recirculation
4: well the the, cor- the correct whether it's correct or not I think is an open question but I think it's very well documented that that speed limit we talked about yeah. the speed limit has been dropping over the past 40 years. So 40 years ago the only kids that were were labeled as autistic were really quite impaired and now people use that term that spectrum to to you know differentiate kids who Maybe have some of those behaviors, but they're really not so severe. And the exact same thing has happened with ADHD.
0: It's interesting. We had a guest on the show uh, talking about ADD, ADHD, but uh, how in Europe, France, I think it's 0.5% of the children are diagnosed with ADHD. And in the US, I think it's like 11 or 12%. Is that I, just. I the would speed say lim- a
4: lot of that is the speed limit.
0: Speed limit's dropping, speed so limit we're catching more people. Yeah. Isn't that. Exactly. Well, I mean, in a weird way, is is that healthy? I mean, it seems like we're also – I mean, I I don't know. It seems like we're also starting to like – it gives these kids other labels that they wouldn't have had 30 years ago. I guess more help, too, that we wouldn't have had 30 years ago.
4: That's true, but I would also say that there always will be there always will be labels, right? And uh, and so some may be better than others, and you might argue that well, you don't want to label as a kid as having ADHD, but being labeled as lazy isn't so great either. No,
0: in fact, lazy is probably long term more damaging, right?
4: Exactly. Yeah. Because then
0: all of a sudden so, it's like, oh, I guess yeah, it's just I have no character. Instead of, right. oh, I've got this way of having my brain work. What about the medicine? Uh, it seems like, too, as we're lowering the speed limit and, and catching more of these people with... Well,
4: there's research that shows both.
0: More medicating, do you sense?
4: Well, there's research that shows both. I, we are certainly using medicines a lot more, uh, but we also have some data that shows that of, uh, you know, 100 kids who have a diagnosable condition, only 14% of them are getting... A medicine. So oh, I think really? I think there's both. I, yeah. I think you can argue both sides on this one right now. Yeah. We certainly try to be as careful as we can with medicines, and we use this dimensional thinking in our in our clinical decision making. Just like if you had slight hypertension, your doctor might say, "Well, don't eat so much salt," rather yeah. than pulling out the big medicines.
0: Yeah, it's a, you know it really is. It's 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 still an art. For, I mean, there's the science side of it. But as the doctor, you still need to read it one patient at a time, don't you, and and treat it one patient at a time. You can't just broad brush it.
4: Absolutely. This is all very much an individualized uh, thing for each family. It's hard to make these broad stroke judgments.
0: How have you seen this? I mean, the neat thing about your book is it, I, it's accessible to people. I mean, the average person can get it. They may not get into, you know, everything technical about it, every medical diagnosis, but... It, it it's a pretty cool idea to be able to better understand your temperamental style and your ch- children. Do you get into specific, like, applications and tools for, for, say, for example, the anxious parent to deal with the agitated child? Do you get into that level of detail or do you just kind of give more, you know, principles? Yeah, I will
4: certainly get into that. And I'll talk about, you know, what does your kid kind of pull out of you? And, and what how do you how do you have these natural reactions? and then to, to question them, Is that working? Is there something else that you can do? And you know how does a parent's own temperament influence their reactivity to their child's temperament? Yeah.
0: Help us with this. One more question for you, Doc. We're talking with Dr. David Rattu, child psychiatrist at the University of Vermont. Okay, give us your best. What's the most important thing? Just as a parent, that a child psychiatrist would wants every parent out there to know about their kids.
4: Well, I would want each each parent to be able to know what their child's temperament is, to treasure it and value it for what it is, but to also be able to recognize that they can do something about the parts of a child's temperament that are getting in in their child's way. Yeah,
0: you don't just have to hate it. Exactly. You, you can you can understand it, you can relate to it, you can even actually create healthier relations by simply understanding it. Dr. David Ratu. so appreciate it. Child psychiatrist, University of Vermont. Go check out his website, childtemperament.net, and get that book we've been talking about during the show, Child Temperament, New Thinking About the Boundary Between Traits and Illness. Again, Dr. Ratu, thank you so much.
4: Thank you so much. I
0: really appreciate it, Matt. You bet. We're going to take a break, come back. Uh, really, I, it's, it's complicated, yet fairly simple isn't it once we can gather the data from the minds that know um go figure out your child's temperament temperamental trait or type we're going to come back keep talking about this fun stuff uh this is the matt townsend show right here on sirius xm 143 byu radio Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about your children and their temperament. And, uh, you know, some would say, why don't we just get off our kids' backs? Some kids might (laughs) even say this. And just let me be me. And uh, apparently, according to Colonel Rob Sanders and some of the research he's been doing, one school district, was it a district or a school, somewhere... Just, it was a school in Santa Ana, California. They turned the school over to the kids, basically.
2: Yeah. So this this story is about six months old. So hopefully the
0: maybe it's, it's gotten it's gotten
2: better. But uh, back as recently as March, there was an intermediate school, Spurgeon Intermediate, Spurgeon, where district officials, but certainly the the local people in the school have described it as the entire discipline structure has collapsed.
0: Okay. By the way, when you read this to me the first time, I, I related to it. It reminded me of our show. Okay, but keep going. The entire <laughs> discipline the structure had collapsed. Oh, not quite as
2: bad as our show. Though. No. <laughs> so they say that these are teens and preteens that are basically doing whatever they like, turning over desks. No one way. case of a kid smoking marijuana in class. Thirty-six teachers have gone to the district and filing uh, with the HR department hostile work environment complaints. Really? Thirty-six out of one high school? Uh, intermediate school. Well, so, how many teachers are there in, it, in a school? Well, you figure there's about a thousand students, so that would be... A hundred? Yeah, maybe...
0: Is there a 10 to 1 ratio, student-teacher-admin? hundred, 50, 50 at least. No. So let's say a third, a half of the... A
2: third to a half of the teachers, probably.
0: Are, are like, this place is crazy. Well, uh, so
2: they, they say students uh, physically accost teachers, regularly man. set off the fire alarm, they argue back, they throw objects in class, they run through the hallways banging on classroom doors and lockers with little or no consequence... Uh, they've thrown eggs at teachers. Yeah, that's the fires show. In that's urinals. our show. That's it. <laughs> and the and the problem is, students who misbehave are often sent
0: right back to class. Well, of course, you want them to learn. You don't want them to get behind, right? So that's the uh, the one extreme. That's where you need to hire kindergarten cop, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who's your daddy, and what does he do? <laughs> That's where you need to. If you put, he didn't need to be the governor of California. He needs to go run that school and yeah. just start busting. He's out some of work shops. right now. Yeah, what's he doing? Go to Spurgeon Middle School.
2: This is Principal Schwarzenegger.
0: Prepare to die. That's cool.
2: Okay, so you want to go the other end? Yeah, let's fix the it. School discipline. I don't know if this fixes it. Because I actually, I went to a school where you could get paddled. Nine, do you know how, how many states, doesn't mean the state practices it, but how many states is corporal punishment still legal? I thought it was zero. I'd say half.
0: 25.
2: Close. Nine, 19. 19. There, there are 19 states. Can you guess which region of the country it predominantly is? I'm
0: going to stick with the South, Northwest. No. No? Okay. I'm going to say West and South. You're Seattle Public Schools. <laughs> <and> the, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah,
2: basically the uh, the South and the Midwest and a little bit into the West a little bit. I think Iowa.
0: But I've seen some of the no, kids from I- Iowa, Iowa
2: it is illegal
0: huh. to Are paddle you kidding? your child. Well that's the problem, Sky.
2: Nebraska, illegal. Utah, illegal. It's All illegal the West, to paddle. Illegal.
0: The t- well, it's illegal for the teachers, the students or the schools yeah. to paddle the child.
2: Yeah. Okay. Texas?
0: Paddle. Georgia? Paddle. Florida? Bing. Missouri? Yeah, misery. So, yep.
2: for the most part, it's not practiced, but there is one. Uh, d- let's see. In the state of Georgia, in one year, how many students were subjected to corporal punishment in the year? in this Georgia? Uh, Two thousand eight. Uh,
0: Two thousand eight was probably a tougher year. I'm going to go with twelve hundred. Thirty thousand.
2: What got paddled? Florida, thirty-six
0: hundred. Wow, in one year, well, I went to a private school where they could give you the meter stick and it was a meter stick and they Wait, would going whip, with uh the... they'd whip you they'd spank your behind and you'd go into mr. Jeff's and he'd read he'd read the charges <laughs> <laughs> and uh if you were caught you know you'd have to do something pretty serious, but he'd just say turn around hi yeah Now, I never had it. They also had the demerits and the merit system. And so I would get merit, like (laughs) Merit Mecham that works on our show. They have a system for you, Merit. Is that where where your name came from?
4: Everything comes from my name.
0: And our teachers say, Matt, thank you for sitting quietly. That is one merit. (laughs) That's why I love your name. I feel really comfortable when you're here. And then sometimes they would say, that's three demerits for everybody in the room. And if you got so many demerits, you'd be sent to Dr. Jeff's.
3: For paddling. For a little
0: paddling. I never got this meter stick but um, because I was smart enough to like when I saw him coming, I'd put the you know snowball down. Walk away from the snowball. Here comes Dr. J.
3: Did he always just have his meter stick, not yardstick with him? No, he
0: was a very lovely man. But once he shut the door, kids came out crying. Did it help me? I would say yes. Look at me now. You're on the radio. (laughs) Look where it got me. What if I hadn't been almost swatted? I would have been like...
3: You might have one of those jobs where you sit behind a desk and make lots of money. I know. What? Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) I
0: I might have a real life. Anyway, so I'm proposing something on the show. You guys tell me. I think we ought to do it as a committee. I think we ought to start paddling. We yardstick. No,
3: no.
0: yardstick. We could do the merit system, though. We're already doing the merit system.
1: Well, merit is the we, we we could call Merit's it, the only system we've got. We call it the Skittle system, and we give and take away Skittles. Or how do
0: you take? How do you take away a Skittle? Or
1: chicken nuggets.
0: You just, well. No, oh. I think what we do is we send everyone to Don that's been naughty, and or, you know, Derek Marquis upstairs, the boss, and we let a meter stick them.
3: I was going to say, well, I don't we, know. We could I mean, I'm just that. throwing it out there. But if we're going to go with Skittles, why don't we just go all the way and just do pizzas? <laughs> I didn't bring up Skittles. I brought up the, the stick. So, like, by the end of the week. See, so you, you, know, you
0: guys again, or you're like Spurgeon Middle School trying to run the show. No. This is my show. Corporal punishment is illegal in this state, just a reminder. Well, it's not. You guys are in college. Any, everything's legal in college. Oh, I think workplace it's illegal. Are you twirling your finger at me? Anyway, okay. This is the Matt Townsend <laughs> show. We're coming back. We got to go uh, meter stick some people. This is the Matt Townsend show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend show. We're joined now by Julie Nelson, wife, mother of five children, author of Parenting with Spiritual Power. She's received a master's degree in marriage and family and is marriage and family and human development. It's a development. You're a developmentalist. Is that the word? Could be. I like it. Uh, teaches classes such as applied parenting and marriage and relationship skills at Utah Valley University. She's been featured in uh, many academic journals and other online media, such as uh, Family Share, The Wall Street Journal, and Parents.com. You can go find her uh, information at NelsonJulieK.com. NelsonJulieK.com. Julie, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Good to be back, Matt. Now, uh, when you came in, Skyboy, because I need your help with this, because developmentally I'm worried about my little pal here. Um, so I'm like, Sky, what you been reading lately? And he says, well, it just so happens I just finished an article, a wonderful article from BuzzFeed um, that was about, I'm going to get to the title here, uh, 14 places you have to go to the bathroom before you die. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, Sky, for real? And he's like, no, captivating. He says, you got to read it. He's he's put them on his bucket list. Absolutely. (laughs) Now, to me, there's something developmentally wrong there.
5: Little adolescent humor never killed anybody, Skywalker. Well, what if Thank he's you. 30?
0: <laughs> if he's 30, he needs to get rid of his adolescent humor. But my favorite was, by the way, the one that's like underwater. Yeah. The underwater one's pretty cool. Yeah, it pretty is. Cool. I like the two-way mirror one. Yeah, that's a weird one because did you see that one? There's one where the guy – it's just a glass box in the middle of oh, like downtown goodness. somewhere in London. But it's two-way mirrors and you're in there but everyone's walking around you like oh, my you're not in there. <laughs> That's messed up. Only Skyboy would bring that up, but only Matt would put it on the show. So, uh, Julie, yeah, you heard our earlier guest and the and these um, temperamental styles. Mm-hmm. You, you've learned all this. Now, how do we work this? So if all of a sudden, I mean, you've studied, I know, different kinds of temperamental styles. Yeah. I,
5: I was at a conference, um, a national conference probably 25 years ago. And it was a revelation to me, Matt, because the, 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 the presenter actually talked about the original work of Chess and, and, uh, and Thomas, which he based his book on. And that work, uh, was, uh, it was, through the 50s, 1950s, 1960s, and 70s, and on forward. And Dr. Ratau based his book on that. And they basically had three temperament styles. Um, and the ones that they mention in the book, uh, that he mentions in his book, um, are the easy So the child. easy temperament? Yeah, the easy temperament, or the difficult. Yeah. He, they're just three. It's easy to remember. Yeah. And then the slow to warm up.
0: Okay, so the easy... Uh-huh. just super comfortable they're you know yeah. they're the ones you don't worry about yeah yeah yeah. the, the
5: moderates he would call them moderate yeah he
0: called them a moderate mm-hmm. what yeah. was
5: then there's the difficult yeah and then there's the slow to warm up okay now in the conference uh, they kind of used the, these with an F acronym so they would say the friendly
0: mm-hmm.
5: the feisty yeah. or the fearful okay and those were easy to remember and I remember sitting in this class this 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 uh, seminar and it was like the light bulb went on I went holy cow. First three children, one of each. One of each. Yeah. You know? And it was like, I understand them now.
0: But didn't you think, like, how could you ever raise a feisty, for example? Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. Like,
0: I couldn't imagine having a feisty, Mm -hmm.
5: because
0: I'm not feisty, obviously, and my wife's not.
5: And what I loved about the conference and what I've studied since then is that in all temperaments, they have negative and positive yeah. attributes. So it's you know, and this is what I have a hard time with is when I have see parents who have a feisty child or a difficult child. And even if these traits are inborn um and they manifest themselves at birth. And you have a child that's colicky, that's hard, that yeah. doesn't sleep through the night, and and the parent looks at another child, another baby, and their baby's sleeping through the night at three months, <laughs> and they just sit there and coo. Yeah and they, they just lay there. That's the easy and day. you're like, Oh, what a good baby you yeah. have. And I think, does that make yours a bad baby? No. And it really concerns me that we label good and bad right. traits because there's no bad baby and there's no bad child. They just have these inborn tendencies. It's what they, they are what it's they are. They are what they are. Now, if you recognize that every tr- every uh, temperament has positive and negatives and then you, like Dr. Rattel said, you override it or you help to socialize that child, mm-hmm. then you understand that all of them are good and all of them have... You know, traits like even in his book, he said that um, temperament um, are both good and bad. He says in his book, the examples he gave in his book are such as someone who's punctual and responsible, but they're not necessarily the life of the party. Yeah, right. Yeah. You didn't and even so know they showed up. Yeah, yeah. And then you have someone who's charismatic and adventurous. You want them at your party. Right. 20 but minutes they, late, though. That's right. <laughs> but they may lose their cool quite often. Oh, yeah. So you can't, in, in a spouse, yeah. you take the whole package. Right. You know, and that they are who they are. Now, you can override and you can socialize yourself so that you do less blowing off steam, you know, when right. it's inappropriate. But they who they are who they are.
0: That's, so part of this is uh, the ability to just recognize we're mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. And then as a parent, you don't want to label them, but you also don't want to pretend like the differences don't exist. They have their temperament. They have their style. What do you see? What are some things we should be doing as a parent to kind of... Override to and to, mm-hmm. to maximize their their good side, maximize their gifts.
5: Good question, Matt. So here's two things I would suggest to listeners. One is is take those negative labels off. Because like Dr. Rattel said, yeah. lazy. I mean, do you wanna really say to your child you're so lazy? Yeah. So I tell um Uh, my parents that you can take a negative trait such as you have a child who's really, really um, aggressive and you say, you know, instead of saying you're so loud or you're so wild, then why don't you look at the positive side of that and say, gosh, you're enthusiastic. Right. Or, wow, you're an ed- energetic, yeah. you know, and and a toddler, you know, you don't want to uh, early on say, stop being so bad. Right. Because they don't fit my mold. Quit of talking. What, yeah, yeah, yeah. In I fact, know. I had a child once that I taught and he would misbehave. And then if you can believe this, he would misbehave then he would get this terrible look on his face and he would say, I'm a bad boy. Oh. And it broke my heart. Yeah. Because where has he heard that?
2: Yeah. You know, I'm His a bad father. boy and
5: he's just reinforcing and he is an energetic right. child. And so, you know, if as parents we can say, well, let's spin this around and say, OK, here's a test, Matt. Here okay. you are. You have a stubborn child rather than saying stubborn. How yeah. can you turn that around?
0: Uh, wow. You're sure um, confident in your approach.
5: Mm-hmm. Right. And to a teenager, you
0: jerk. He- <laughs> So go to your. Room. <laughs> see, then I can't hold it. No,
5: that. You, you can't do those at the it. end. I always lose it. No, you want. I was
0: it. holding it and you, then I lost it. Gosh,
5: no, man, and, stupid. And period. End of sentence. Yeah,
0: you, you, end you end it.
5: You are willing to persist in the face of difficulties. You know wow. what you want. Yeah. Now you don't know what don't, you don't we, want. we want children to be raised like yeah. that? Have those minds so they see it. Sets? You're
0: just saying frame it as a strength because mm-hmm. it really is the strength. Mm-hmm. If if you if you frame their temperament. As a um, as a weakness, mm-hmm. they will only know it as a weakness. That's right. If you frame it as a strength, they can start making lemonade.
5: Right. So let's take Doctor Rattel's example that he gave you just a moment ago. Lazy. Yeah. You've got a lazy child. What are you going to say instead?
0: Um, when your mom gets home, she's going to crush you. <laughs> I'd <laughs> no. say that. And no. Then no. I would, no. Okay. If they were lazy, I would say. Um, See, I'm kind of sarcastic. Yeah. So a lot of mine are if, – if they were being lazy, I would say, man, you sure seem comfortable. Mm-hmm,
5: mm-hmm. With who you are. You, no. You, no, you, period. You cutie
0: patootie. <laughs> yeah. You sure seem – what would you say for lazy? But, like oh, no, that. lazy. I would just say, um, yeah, you, you sure seem comfortable mm-hmm. with who you are.
5: Right, right. Like I they feel don't, pressure right they, now. They to, don't need to be someone who they're not. They're They're comfortable in their own skin. Yeah. They're not out there pretending to be someone. Yeah, relax. And you might interpret lazy as someone who just likes to be an introvert, who likes to sit on yeah. the couch and be home. And that person could also be interpreted as shy. Yeah. And I don't, I you know, I prefer not to, in a child's hearing, uh, in their presence, say, oh, like for instance, if you were to introduce a shy child or, you know, this someone like that. This is my shy child. This is my shy child. <laughs> I w- you know, I would turn that around and, you know, she is someone who likes to take her time to warm up. To people, I love to, that. To, to, to warm up to people.
0: Well, tell me if all of a sudden you keep hearing, "This is my socially mm-hmm. um, bankrupt child." <laughs> I mean, all this—you have to deal with that. Like, I, okay, I'm shy. Mm-hmm. Even if you didn't ever frame yourself as shy, I've never framed myself honestly as an introvert or an extrovert. I had never framed myself and everyone thinks I'm an extrovert. And mm-hmm. I probably
5: am. But you don't want to feel like there's something wrong with you. Like, yeah. let me give you an example. I had a child, the um, one of them, that was the slow to warm up one yeah. or the fearful one. Now, I don't call her fearful, yeah. but I say she takes her time to, because you know, you, take this scenario, okay? You're at the shopping mall. It's Christmas time. It's Santa's sitting there and you have a line of kids and they all want to sit in his lap. <laughs> then you have two kids. One is like, I can't wait to tell Santa yeah. I have a list of t- Ten things, and he's in line, and he's so excited. And then you have one that's hiding behind your skirt, and and she's saying, you know, he's scary. I mean, he is scary. That is the great temperament test. That is scary. That is the the Santa Claus test. That
0: is the test. And
5: they won't go up there because he's weird, and he's dressed funny, and he's a stranger. Right now, am I going to force her to go sit on Santa's lap? No, I'm going to recognize that she takes her time. She's cautious. That's and great. a cautious person is a good person That's because smart. they're not going to jump in doing crazy stuff. Well,
0: you also, you know, she's not going to go up to the park and sit on any other stranger's That's lap. That's right. So she's going to be safe for That's you. That's right.
5: So I say, well, I'm going to have I'm, this child's going to keep be safe. And I would like you to also consider, as a parent, if you're a parent out there with a child with an extreme, is say, hmm, I wonder what Robin Williams was like when he was a child.
0: Oh man,
5: all over the place. Can you
0: imagine that? And
5: did his parents? Uh, celebrate those that temperament, and and then help him to <laughs> to to work with that and become who he is.
0: Well, that's it. Half the half the jokes from these comedians are how their parents couldn't handle their temperament. <laughs>
5: yeah. Well, okay. Let me give you another one. Emily Dickinson, the poet. Yeah. What was she known for?
0: Oh, I bet she was quiet,
5: A introvert, shy. Yeah. I was thinking, uh, yeah.
0: yeah, but and always yeah. writing.
5: Yeah, <laughs> but very sensitive. Mm-hmm. And so, was that a negative trait? No, she that was That turned able out okay. For It turned out okay. So look at your child and say, what what kind of a person will they become with these magnificent traits that they have?
0: And show others. Mm-hmm. Show them. Show your introverted child, your quiet, shy child. Show them an Emily Dick- Dickinson. Yeah. Show them these people.
5: Yeah, and and learn how to socialize. The one that was fearful, I signed her up for swimming lessons. Okay. <laughs> Disaster, if you can imagine, yeah. because we sat at the side of the pool, she would not get in the pool, not one toe, and all the other kids are in there splashing around, not wasting their parents' money, oh, yeah. right? because yeah. you know they' I paid for this thing, and can I be mad? I could be mad. Because she's wasting my money and sitting there and not Should swimming. Should you threaten
0: her? This is where you threaten her, and you're like, if you don't get in that pool right now, I'm going to throw you in that pool right
5: now. <laughs> right? Is that wrong? I got to recognize and see the world from her point of view. Yeah. We talk about the goodness of fit in, in parenting and temperaments. The goodness of fit because I might be an extrovert parent; she's an introvert child. Am I going to force my? Self your on style her. on my her. style no no so you know i can say something like this i know how scary it is for you to try to do something new and go in that water that pool looks big to a 5 year old that pool is Huge, massive right? and so i want to say let's take let's take some time till you feel comfortable and watch and see how the other kids do it And it might take a few lessons for her to see how other kids do it. She's going to be cautious. She's going to be deliberate about this. And eventually she's going to stick her toe in. But that's a positive trait if I just look at it that way. I
0: want you to raise me. Yeah. Like that's really good because I – when I – I was thrown in a pool Mm -hmm. by the swim teacher. Yeah. He taught me to drown. And I hated that guy. Yeah, yeah.
5: Because not it's be not really a goodness bit. of fit. No. You're, that person is, is trying to force you to see the world that they'd see it. Yeah,
0: but you're drowning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right.
5: That's right. So let's look at the three temperament okay. styles, Matt. We got flexible. Now, that's positive. Now, that's the person who's the moderate that's easy to get along with. Kind of with.
0: adaptive. They can they, adapt yeah, to the The condition. positive
5: traits are they can be involved easily. They're well-liked. Yeah. Have lots of friends. No stress. They're flexible. But there are some negative traits such as they tend to be followers because they want to be well liked. Yep. They're pleasers. They look to others to, you know, to make those decisions and don't make demands. So they can be overrun hmm. and be taken advantage of. So look at the caution yeah. and and look how to socialize them where you would set so, set time aside with them and say Tell me about your what you're feeling because they wouldn't be assertive with their feelings. Now, who's going to be assertive with their feelings? The, the feisty the child. Feisty yeah, there's no yeah. question how they're feeling. Oh yeah. So they're that's the leader
0: a, too. That th- they they're the leader, get, and they'll get these others to follow them. That's
5: right. I would I would submit that a lot of people that are those CEOs are all, we're all feisty kids. Oh
0: feisty. Yeah. Like Skyboy. S-
5: yeah. So see that in your five year old feisty child and say they're going to be magnificent someday. Yeah. You know, they're going to be the great athletes that are out there. I mean, they had energy going out there. Oh, well, and they Great. try
0: everything and they're not afraid. And
5: yeah, that's right.
0: It's interesting. In a family, if you have a feisty, like my number one's a feisty and my number two is a fearful. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's almost like I, I always joked that my feisty created my fearful because my feisty <laughs> took all the sunlight and my fearful never got to grow because the tree was growing over him. Right. Yeah. Right.
5: So let's do fearful then. Like we said before, they're easy to keep safe. Yeah, right. They're Great gonna,
0: kid. He's the perfect child. Never right. did anything right. wrong. Yeah,
5: and so they're going to be overlooked in school. So you got to yeah. really be careful about them. But they have hot. They have fewer friends, but high quality yeah. friends.
0: Depth. Yeah,
5: the depth, and they're more selective. Uh, of what they're going to do, but they when they do select, they're very loyal to those selections. I love that. But they're quiet, uh-huh. which could be good or bad. They right. could be overlooked at school, so you got to be more an advocate in their school. They're more deep thinking. They're the Emily Dickinsons yeah. and the great philosophers of the day.
0: This is my kid that thought about his job since he was like twelve.
5: Right, right. They're more reflective. Me, yeah. They're more sensitive about themselves and others. Hmm. So those are some positive traits, but negative. Again, they're going to be passed over, ignored, and those they're non-risk takers. So you got to hmm. over. Override that and socialize them, and say, you know, how can I help them build those friendships and feel positive about those? How can I encourage them to eventually take new steps in in the direction, but slower yeah. steps? Oh
0: yeah, that, that fit their little style.
5: And absolutely stick to routines because they love routines. Yeah, they the want, predi- they want predictability.
0: I had one kid that when we dropped him off at, uh, at kindergarten, he came unnutted. <laughs> for weeks he wouldn't he wouldn't get out of the car yeah. and so we we would literally pull up and the principal would gr- we'd open the door and the principal would grab him mm-hmm. rip him out of the car trauma mm-hmm. and we would drive away yeah and shut the door and so but we knew right then. This is the kid that's kind of going to be fearful.
5: Yeah. So you got to have that goodness of fit. The kindergarten drop-off first day is another Santa in the mall test. It is. And so you've got to prepare the fearful children a lot more oh, for yeah. that predictability. You might even take them to school ahead of time and walk them through the classroom and help them to see where they're going to sit and and do a lot more preparation than the kid that just says, Bye, Mom. Yeah. I don't, want you, to, never I don't want you to walk it. me to class because I'm good.
0: Well, see, you have to know that because yeah. – you can. You can't be mad. How can you be mad that he's fearful? Right. It's That's a strong quality. It's Try just ahead.
5: look at the strength. Now let's go to the fearful. Of course, I'm sorry. The the feisty. They're aware of their environment. They're assertive. They're smart. They're risk takers. Now these are all leadership qualities, right. right? Okay. And um, so they they you know are very enthusiastic. Okay. Let's let's talk about positives. And when you see your child who's just driving you crazy, look at the positives. Uh, what what can you see them doing in the future as leaders and as adults? That these traits will be good. Yeah, for?
0: they're going to influence people. Absolutely. Powerful.
5: Yeah, they're very influential. Now there are negatives because they test your limits as a parent. That's the last thing you want. <laughs> they have an opinion. In a seven-year-old, yes, yep. they don't want to cooperate if things don't go their way. They're disruptive. Yeah. Yeah, and they do make you tired and frustrated and all that sort of stuff. Yeah.
0: That's where you just, I just wish I had that really fearful one that sat (laughs) quietly in the corner and never moved. (laughs) I'd give anything for that But don't
5: compare your kids again because, man. Yeah,
0: you can't win. No, never. And And you don't want them. You want them as them.
5: You want them as them. So- Recognize the negatives and such as, you know, and what those things are. But the, the way that you look at it, positive, are that you want to provide for these fierce, feisty children, these energetic children, lots of space for working out their energy. Yeah. For working out those frustrations. Work off because they have so much. Energy. Less sugar. That's, <laughs> exactly. Less sugar, yeah. Yeah, work off their frustrations and allow for choices because these are the leaders of the future and they want to make decisions mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So give them that, give them the power to make decisions. I love that. Yeah.
0: Well, and I guess to and teach them that we have these differences, we have these styles, mm-hmm. because teaching them to adapt not just to their style but to other people's styles. Yeah. If you could start saying, "Look, that child's just a little more fearful, and so mm-hmm. you, and you're a strong leader, mm-hmm. so sometimes you got you overpower them. So why don't we just try yeah. to back it down a little? Absolutely.
5: bit? Absolutely, good point.
0: Then all of a sudden, they can be a good partner someday. Yeah,
5: because in a in a in a social situation with friends, you can have one who just bosses everyone around, oh, and yeah. the rest of them just have nothing to say or do. Sky boy. That was Skyboy. So they have to really be able to see the dynamics of that group and say, you know, what if you let them make some decisions, mm. you know, or yeah. why don't you listen to them for a minute and see what they have to say.
0: I love it because you're giving them this, this opportunity to to start to see people from another frame of reference mm-hmm. and a little more empathy. We're going to come back with Julie Nelson. Wife and mother of five children, and uh, she's Sky's coach, trying to coach him through how to play video games while we're doing our show. <laughs> this is the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to take a break. Come right back, see if Sky scored any high scores on his video game. Right here on BYU Radio. Yeah, The wrap-up music for the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to wrap up the show. Just uh, a disclaimer, uh, Skyboy was not playing video games. He was actually watching Spurs highlights on his phone. <laughs> That's okay. We're just doing a show. No big deal. Just trying to make it work. Uh, we're joined by Julie Nelson, wife and mother of five children, also expert in marriage and family and human development. She teaches classes at Utah Valley University, in marriage, parenting, and relationship skills. You can find her at www.nelsonjuliek.com. As we wrap up the show, Colonel Sanders has put together some scenarios and we as a just as a, a good service mm-hmm. here on the Matt Townsend Show, we're going to teach you the good parenting method and the bad parenting method. Kind of good cop, bad cop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, you know, Julie obviously wanted me to be the good parent. Um, my wife called her and said, that's not possible. So we're going to go, uh, Colonel Sanders, give us the scenario. We'll give you the good and the bad.
2: Your 11-year-old child decides to set the family's pet turtle free. And you found out about it two hours later.
0: Okay. I'm just going to go with the bad parent first. Um, so what do you, we're supposed to say what we would do with that child? What would you do to that child? I would take him to a public mall and I'd set him free. <laughs> And then I'd walk away, but I'd keep my eye on him. I wouldn't go too far, um, but I'd set him free. And then and say, then and then
5: say how do, this is how the turtle feels.
0: Yeah. Now you know how the turtle feels. See how, see how you deal with this. And then, you know, half hour later, I'd probably meet him by Santa. So what, Julie, should the real parent, healthy parent do? Well,
5: I definitely would find out why he's setting it free. Is this for is this for fun or he doesn't want the turtle anymore? He's a
0: devil child.
5: Yeah, yeah. So you know, look, talk to the child and ask him what what's going on here. You know, is this a hide and seek game? You know, let's go find the let's go find the turtle. Do you not want the turtle anymore? We can you know sell it on eBay, but find out the motives.
0: Let's ask Sky because I think those are pretty close. Uh, Sky, which one do you think? is the correct answer i kind of liked your answer actually <laughs> no okay offense, give me a too. ding on that Get one
5: a ding, <laughs> ding, ding. Yep, I,
0: I felt good about mine i ah! thought that was pretty i mean again i've only got six kids did only one have, of them are actually my did custody did you ever let
5: any of them free set them free them all though
0: yeah i didn't set them free but i ditched them <laughs> until they you know lost the attitude i knew where they were i was just hiding in the clothing aisle Give us another one, Colonel Sanders. You
2: come home from the grocery store to find your backyard swing set sitting in the middle of the street. Your 14-year-old son moved it there because it was getting in the way of his sword
0: fighting with his friends. Mm. Okay, that's easy. Why is my 14-year-old sword fighting? That's messed up. Uh, What would you do there? Huh? I would probably... Go to bed. I'd go to bed. Yeah, I'd just leave it there and go to bed. I didn't make the mess. I've never even used the swing set. I would go to bed. What were we supposed to do, Julie?
5: Well, do we have any more kids that need that swing set? Can we get rid of the swing set? Are there younger siblings that still need that swing set? Uh, you know, there's a lot of variation. I mean, that's what good parenting's hard you got to gather information.
0: Don't you think 14-year-olds shouldn't be sword fighting anymore?
5: No, I, I think that's just great.
0: He should be doing pull-ups. I'd be that.
5: like, super. He problem solved. He moved out of the way. But do we need to move it back? Do we still have other kids? Or do we need to get rid of the swing set? Maybe we don't need it anymore.
0: Maybe but, it's garbage pickup.
5: I, I think so. But I'm not against sword fighting.
0: Man, you're a good parent. Yeah. So, which is the right one? It's because
5: we're working out the energy. Remember the 5C child? That's right. You got to give him space. I just just mentioned that.
1: As a former sword fighter, Mm -hmm. I can definitely agree with that. Well, you were a state qualifier when you were 18. When I was 18, yeah. The swing set got in the way often. No, totally. So, I'm going to give that to Julie. Oh, man. Instead of having
2: to to get rid of it myself. Okay, Rob, one more. We got 40 seconds. Your 18 year old son calls you for a ride because he has four flat tires. (laughs) When you show up, you see the car pointing the wrong way on the side of the road next to
0: some very long skid marks. (laughs) Okay. A, I wouldn't have answered the call because I would have pretended like I couldn't hear the phone and my wife would have got it and she'd be mad. Then she'd send me. Then I'd show up and I'd be, ah, I'd call AAA (laughs) and then I'd raid his bank account, pay for the tires. And not talk to him for a week. (laughs) I don't know. That doesn't feel right, Julie, but it's just what I do. What would you do?
5: Well, you know... I'm not too far away from you. Okay. On that one. But no, I definitely would uh, bring the child in and have them come up with some solutions of how that car is going to get fixed. And it's not coming from my bank account. So you're
0: going to let them think it uh-huh. through.
5: I'd be like, wow, this really got messed up. What are you going to do to fix this?
0: What if you get home and the swing set is still in the front yard <laughs> out in the street? Yeah.
5: Then you okay. yeah. Mexico. Then you, yeah. go to Mexico. you go to Mexico.
0: Julie Nelson, you're the best. Go check out Julie's uh, website, nelsonjuliek.com, and learn even more about how to parent correctly. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, tomorrow's Friday. We'll have a best of tomorrow, best of the week. And again, signing off for Skyboy and the great Spurs fan that he is, This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.